Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 677 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show this week, Laura Liptroff lets us know about a comedy theatre group's latest two productions taking place on consecutive weeks at Red by Night at Merry Hill. We'll be hearing from Dr. Sarah Jarvis as we look at the ways of keeping our cholesterol under control. Jane Edwards of the Three County Showground lets us know about the Three County Show coming up next weekend. Vicky Wright, daughter of Billy Wright, will be along to tell us all about the show. She's going to be bringing his story and his life to life on stage in Canic. It's coming up in October, but it makes a fantastic Father's Day gift, so grab your tickets for that one. Plus, on top of that, we'll also be hearing from Stage Door Johnny about Trey, Trey Cabaret and what he has going on. Plus, we'll also be talking to a poet as well as we talk to Sarah Batterson. That's all coming up on the show this week. A comedy theatre group are presenting two plays in one venue, Red by Night. Tell us more. I'm joined now by Laura Littroff. Hello again. Hello, you all right? I'm good. It's always good to catch up with you. I hope the world is treating you well. Oh, yes, it's going very well. Thank you. Very, very busy with these shows. Yeah, I mean, you've got two of them, two nights, 13th and 14th being the first, and then back the following Monday and Tuesday as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're going to be very familiar with the venue. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us what's happening. What's going on? Okay, so the first show... um, well, they're both written by uh, my dad, Phil Littrot, who's an established-based playwright, uh, leader of a comedy theatre group, puts on original shows for actors who aren't necessarily trained and just want to get onto a stage and learn by doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first show is called Gotta Get Away, and it's about six couples um, trapped in an airport departure lounge, and it's, it's just they're playing the waiting game and there's lots of delays um and there's a lot of class divide between some of the couples so it's very very much a class-based thing you know which is uh, always a good base for comedy mm-hmm. um yeah so that is the show that is going on on monday the 13th and tuesday the 14th of june at red by night in merry hill um and then on the 20th and 21st we've got strange encounters of a social kind which is uh, it's a social again it's people confined in sort of one scene and forced to interact with each other um it's a social group meeting and everyone's a little bit unsure and the comedy comes from the strangeness of all the people and their strange interactions hence strange um so yeah so it promises to be quite exciting um we've not really ventured into merry hill before we've always been very stabbage based so this is sort of our our step into the wider world so yeah we're, we're hoping to draw in quite a crowd and spread the word about a comedy theater group yeah well i mean we've spoken to you in the past and uh, we, I mean, it's not only stabbage you've worked and you've gone much beyond the, the confines uh, with occasional shows and then the group itself has got people who've been involved in all sorts of things all over the place. You have many uh, a member of the, the Wolverhampton folk who've been involved either at the moment or in the past too. So it's a, it's, a, it's crossing borders, isn't it? And, and you're getting closer to us. I mean, Dudley is literally just down the road. And before you know it, you'll be, uh, be turning up in the heart of Wolverhampton. Oh, yes, that'd be quite exciting. Uh, yes, we did do um, things in festivals, uh, obviously before lockdown. Um, mm. So it's nice to be going out again now that we can into different venues. 
So it's going to be something yes. to look forward to. And it's like you, you're an amazing group of performers. From what I've seen and heard of you in the past, it's going to be a really good giggle. That's the important thing. And you know you're going to get something that's funny, hence the title of the company. There's there's no, no shying away from it. It is about the humour. Yes, definitely. And I think that's something that people really need at the moment after, after lockdown and everything. They need to be made to laugh. And, I mean, the characters do have their their subtext and and a little bit of drama but yeah it, it is a comedy and we always try to give a really positive message and, and end on a laugh and people go away smiling and laughing and that's what they remember that's that's what a comedy theatre group is about as you say hence the name yeah well we can find you on facebook just search for a comedy theatre group and uh, you'll be popping up there uh, mm -hmm. how else do we get tickets for this event because they're priced at a fiver aren't they Yes, they are. It's a fiver, so yeah, really good, really good deal. Um, so you can uh, find more information. Uh, you can call my dad on um, 07954-692-593, or you can email a comedy theatre group at hotmail.co.uk. That's one word, and it's all lowercase. And if on Facebook, if you can search for a comedy theatre group, but it's actually come at facebook.com forward slash Stairbridge Comedy. That's how you can be found on there. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. But, I mean, you're so just not Stourbridge anymore. You know? Yeah, so you'll be taking on the whole world before we know it. Oh, yes, indeed. Definitely. We'll be in, in Las Vegas before you know it. I'll, I'll <laughs> definitely come to that residency. That'll be a jolly treat. <laughs> I mean, Laura, always good to speak yes. to you. Thanks for uh, joining us. And I, I look forward to seeing you in, in, in only this and, and some of the other events you have on the way in the not-too-distant future. Oh, yes, yes. There's always something going on. <laughs>
you know, footballers of, of the day coped with the pressures they were under even then. Because I've said before, we'll say it again, your, your mom and dad were the posh and becks of the day, weren't they? Yeah, and it, it sort of came from a, a really innocent sort of start, you know, when, when Kelly was, uh, I think it was her 25th birthday, and, and Dad got to see Kelly, and only for nine months, and then he got poorly and, and he passed. But he was such a proud granddad that when Kelly hit 25, I thought, what can I give her that's special for her birthday? I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll do a little compilation of pictures and videos and, and sort of footage of what her granddad was and who he was and what he achieved and all that stuff. And it started off just as a little simple sort of gift to, to my daughter. Mm -hmm. And I did a bit of research and I got some Pathé news clips and I found out where he came from and what happened and he was turned down because he was too small and then he broke an ankle. And, and before I, sort of, I knew it, it was like, this is, this is exceptional. This is too brilliant not to share on a big stage. People need to know this about Dad because he was what he was and he achieved what he achieved. But from my point of view, as his daughter, to see him as the family man, for me, it, it took on a different life, you know, and and um, when he met mum and mum was famous and she was, uh, you know, a showbiz sort of big star at the time, their marriage and how that happened. It was all these stories and footage that I felt people should see. And it was me that was the one that needed to tell it. And it, it's just a brilliant life. And he he led a magical life. But he's, he was human, there were ups and there were downs, and he had good times, he had bad times, and I share all that stuff. And so it's just an insight into the man that he was, you know, not just what he achieved as a footballer. And he's a legend, let's face it, you know, you look at that statue and you just think, wow, he's almost like a, a godlike figure to, to the Wolves fans that, that go to the game. And But he, he was, you know, he was a human being, he was a dad, he was a husband, and he had, he had troubles and... But it's such a personal story to me that in that room on that night, it was just, we shared something. We shared love and stories. It was brilliant. Well, so this is something you're going to be able to do once again. And uh, I, I know you've already been having national press coverage on this because, I mean, it, it is huge. And to have say, a family member telling this story of, of, a, of a great man and obviously the interactions with you know, your mom, the Beverly sisters, they, they, they were... Uh, icons of their day too. I'm, I'm sure that uh, the you know, joy isn't going to go without a mention too. I know that was the love of his life, you know, and, and the way they met was was magical too. And uh, I won't give too much away, but that sort of story was so innocent and 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 just a love story. And it's entire. It was just brilliant. They loved each other to bits. But it was a, a, something that hadn't happened before, you know. He was captain of England. Mum was the, the biggest star in touring and, and sort of headlining at the Palladium. And Walter Winterbottom took the team, the England team, to the Palladium like he did before a big match because it was like a relaxing night and then went and saw a show. And, and I spoke to Ron Flowers and he said, I sat next to your dad and he ate, breathed and lived football. He had nothing else in his life. Didn't have a girlfriend. He was just football through and through. When we sat and watched that show and your mum came on stage, Billy's life changed. We all saw it. We all ribbed him in the coach on the way back to the hotel. He he fell in love with her on, on that stage. He didn't meet her on that night. And they all said, oh, Billy, look at you. And then Ron Flowers said, but you know what? In, in your dad's beautiful, modest way, 
he got his own back because six months later he married her. And that was the way dad thing, did things, you know, it was, um, but it was so innocent, you know, the whole thing was innocent. There wasn't paparazzi, there wasn't hello, okay. It was just, yeah, it was like the, the, the original Posh and Bex, but... Um, but but real, but then it doesn't doesn't feel you know you you've got to sell your story. It, it it's a yeah they they weren't under that pressure, but being able to share that and now tell the tale of of true love of for, for you know for your mob for football, all that he did for you know the national side and for Wolves and so much more besides, and and those anecdotes and also for you what it was like growing up in that world because that must have been been strange. Uh, if, if you look back and think what you know, the, the, what you had to deal with yourself compared to what I, I'm, I'm not going to say normal childhood because you had a normal childhood, but it's still you know, bigger and better and more exciting than uh, than, than some would have gone through. Well, I, I don't know if it was because <laughs> I, I, you don't know any different, you know. And you're so grounded. That's the thing. You're so lovely. You, you, you know, you see some of these people who've been through that sort of experience and they come out wrong. You obviously had blooming good parents. Yeah, Dad had, Dad had such wonderful uh, values, you know, and he taught us about, you know, unconditional love, you know, trust, honesty, um, you know, um, patience and, and don't pick yourself up, talk to the, to the highest person in the room and the lowest person in the same way. He had such wonderful values. You know, he's left us with that and I have to hold that flag high. And, and try and emulate just a little bit of what he represented. And, you know, with all that he achieved, Jason, in, in the footballing thing, first man to get 100 caps, what ridiculous, you know, no one has done that. But you know what he left was this, this legacy of a human being. And it sounds a little bit like sickly, but I swear to God, he never lost his temper. He led by example. He was always there for us. There was, there couldn't have been a better dad, honestly. And and I think that's kind of, I think, what he'd be want to be remembered for. Well, he, be, wouldn't uh, believe, uh, he wouldn't believe the statue. And I said to somebody else that his mum died when he was thirteen. So, and his mum was an ardent Wolverhampton Wanderers supporter. And I said the other day in a podcast to somebody, I said, you know what? If I could have a wish, wouldn't it be great to just have his mum back? for one day and put her on the opposite side of Waterloo Road, <laughs> blindfolder, and then take that off and see that statue and say to her, that's what your boy achieved. Yeah, well, be I, well I, I, I know how proud your whole family are. because I, I know when Kelly first visited, she couldn't believe the, the, the statue either. So, uh, you know, it, it is uh, absolutely amazing. And I know you got... Uh, a wonderful compare on the night as well. Give a quick big up to Bobby because he's going to be helping out too, isn't he? <laughs> he's here, right here. Hello, Spurs. Behave. Jason, don't bring him into the conversation. I told her the other day, I've got to be honest with you, I found a Wolverhampton Wanderers shirt all screwed up in a plastic bag. Yeah. Uh, all screwed up, it was in this plastic bag, and I'm going to hold on to it. Because they're 20 pence, then plastic bags. <laughs> oh, behave yourself. <laughs> he's, a, he's a bad boy, but he's going to be brilliant. He's made a few enemies. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you, I'm a Spurs man through and through, of course. But, of course, Wolverhampton Wanderers, they're my second team. And I love to see them win. Only, not, not against Spurs. <laughs> you know, <all> <laughs> brilliant stuff. But tickets uh, from uh, the box office at the Canic. Prince of Wales Theatre. Uh, it's all taking place Thursday, the 20th of October.
Absolutely fantastic. Grab tickets for your dad or for father's He's day. already sold about 100, so we know that it's going to be a popular apparently, show. Yeah, apparently I've, I've sold 100 tickets already, which is just overwhelming. But I've just, it, I've just, I've just been looking at the seating plan online and it, it, is sell, it is selling really well. There's plenty of people at the front for you, so it's going to be fantastic. Uh, the website, boxoffice.wlct.org. WLCT.org, after the word box office. Grab your tickets that way or Google it. Vicky, thank, thank you for joining us. Have a fantastic time of the night. We'll talk again close to the event, I'm sure. But uh, very much looking forward to seeing you've got, you. We've got to get back now because she's got a lot of practising to do the keepy-uppy and beat her father. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, Thank you for now. Cheers, Jay. Bye, Jason. The Malvern Three Counties Showground is playing host to the Three Counties Show the 17th, 18th and 19th of June. It's going to be an amazing three-day festival of everything to do with the world of farming, the countryside and so much more besides. The manager of the show is Jane Edwards, who joins me now. Hello. Hey, Jason. So, uh, obviously, so pleased to be back in full swing this year, I'm going to guess. Absolutely we are, yes. We've had a two-year break for this and many of our shows um, and it's it's just been great to hear how enthusiastic everyone is to be back again doing what they all love. Absolutely. And this show is absolutely about showing off not only the, the, the showground itself, the three counties who are involved, but also bringing in people from uh, around the whole of wider Midlands. And I know yeah, we, we always have a, a lot of uh, Wolverhampton and Black Country folk down there, uh, either trading or actually as part of the some of the shows themselves. And uh, it does initially, though, focus on the three counties and the wonderful farming work that's done there. Yes, it does. It's, it really is, like you say, a celebration of everything great about our region from um, the, the very best livestock and, and horses to food and drink as well. We've introduced a new food and drink festival this year, which is going to be celebrating the best that our region has in food and produce from cider and perry to burgers to chocolate. There's um, something for everyone there and we're really looking forward to that part of the show this year. Absolutely. And so it's, it's packed full of ideas as well, because you will still get some great ideas for the gardens. You can go around and, and, and look at what is there when it comes to your fixed gardens that you have on the wonderful site that it, it all takes place on. But there's also going to be talks, too. And you've got the likes of Mark Diakono down there again. So there's always plenty of fantastic stars uh, with, in conversation to really inspire you in, in, in your whole lifestyle. Yeah, yes, that's right. Mark Diakono is hosting the Food and Drink Theatre and he'll be um, demoing and talking to all our special guests. We've also got Adam Henson joining us from um, BBC Country File. He's our ambassador and he'll be here at the show every day. And then we've got a new guest, Caleb Cooper from um, Amazon Prime's um, Caleb's Farm. And we think he'll be very popular as well. And he's joining us on the Saturday to do talks and some demonstrations in the main arena. And a lot of this is all about us understanding where our food comes from, whether you're vegan, vegetarian or full on eating uh, meat and enjoying the livestock in that way. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, there's something there for everyone. And you, you can see how well these animals are looked after uh, as, as part of the importance of, of making sure the farming community take care of the resource that we all share. And again, it is uh, giving you some background on how the, you know, things go from the ground to your place and also looking at the whole environmental picture too because the, the farmers are the original environmentalists so they, 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 they get some grief sometimes but they're obviously interested in keeping the land viable. Yes they absolutely are and, and you're right it is a, a real education experience as well but but in a very fun way 
Um, and we're doing that through um, having a schools day on the Friday where we've got over 3000 school children coming to learn more about farming and the diversity we have um, with agriculture in our country. Uh, we've got scouts and guides coming over the weekend as well. Um, and then we've got a new family trail and we've got lots of photo opportunities along that, along with fun facts. So there's lots of opportunities to learn, but have fun as you go. So it's, it's really about the, the whole community that comes together. I mean, you're part of the Garden of England down there in Malvern, Worcestershire, uh, obviously taken in Gloucestershire as well, and Herefordshire as, uh, as you know, really, the, where a load of the food is produced that comes straight into the, the West Midlands. Yes, absolutely, that's right. Um, and, and that's why this year on the Food and Drink Theatre, it is only people um, demoing on there who are from our region and they are the real producers of the products that, that are there on the stage. Um, we're going to be talking straight to the people that make those products. And a lot of them have actually set up in the last couple of years during lockdown, they've diversified, they've found something new and they're, they're coming to share it. So they've got some great stories to share and I think everyone will really enjoy that at the show. Well, I'm looking forward to coming down on Friday and being able to go and talk to some of these people. I'll be sharing that on the socials and also on air on 101.8 WCRFM too. So that's going to be absolutely amazing. Very much looking forward to that. And really, it, it, it is a chance for everyone to come together, whether you can get down on the Friday, because opening day is always an absolutely brilliant one, or nip along during the weekend. Uh, it, it is going to be you know, full days of enjoyment. And the weather forecast is looking fantastic too. Touch wood, nothing changing there. Yes, absolutely. We've booked the sunshine for next weekend, so we're, we're hoping for good weather throughout and um, for everyone to just come along and enjoy themselves, whether they're looking at the main arena with the Bold Doglings motorcycle display team or the Red Devils parachute regiment, or we've got the Steel British Championships coming to join us, which is a chainsaw championship, which we've never had before, which we're super excited about, and that's going to be live streamed across the world. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a bit of a surprise around every corner and whatever age you are, I think you'll have a good day out at the Walsby County Show. Absolutely. And, and if you can, book yourself in for a couple of days because there is so much stuff you will want to make sure you can get around it all and some of it twice. And uh, it is, is going to be well worth a look. I say it's always an amazing show. It's just uh, about an hour down the road from us here in Wolverhampton and uh, you know, easy enough to get to, amazing free parking and it's always so well studied as well. That's the one thing. It's just, it's the, you guys at the Three County Show and the Grown know how to get people in, out and make it a nice, enjoyable day. We absolutely do, yes. We've had a lot of practice at that and we've got a huge team of really, really great people that put this show together. Um, there's a couple of hundred people working across the, um, the weekend as well as volunteers, of which there are many. So um, it's a great um, group effort to put this amazing show together. And the, the first one of these took place, what, 100 years ago now? And do you think it's a bit bigger now than it was back then? <laughs> Yeah, uh, the show actually started in 1797 with um, just the counties of Herefordshire and Worcestershire. But this year we are celebrating the 100 year anniversary, anniversary of Gloucestershire joining that, um, that group as well. So it's, it's 100 years this year of the three counties coming together to celebrate all that is great within them. So it's, a, it's an extra special year for us this year. Well, it will be absolutely amazing. I know that. Give us all the details on where we can get our tickets. Absolutely. So um, best to buy online on our website, which is royalfreecounties.co.uk. Um, advanced tickets are cheaper than buying on the gate. So, so get them this week if you can. And under 16s go free. So it's, it's a great value family day out if you're bringing your children with you as well. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a great day out. Uh, and uh, whether you bring the kids or not, <laughs> you can leave the kids with the grandparents and go and have a yeah, walk around and enjoy right. the food and drink tents on your own, would be my advice. But uh, yeah, but no, it's, it's, there's, there's something for all the family. It always absolutely is. 
and it's like it's always great to, to meet up some of the celebs down there and, and adam has always got time to talk to people and he will actually be going around looking at all the different events won't he <laughs> he works hard he'll be there all day long and he'll be covering the, the whole show over the three days and meeting and greeting as many people as he can i don't know how he times yeah, if it's in time to have a farm to be fair with the amount of work <laughs> that he does outside but there we go but uh, it, it's going to be absolutely awesome jane edwards the show manager for Three Counties. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Sarah Batterson has been making her way onto the poetry scene around the Midlands. She has a self-published book out there at the moment and great things are to come. She joins me now to tell me more about her work. Hello. Hello. So, uh, first of all, what got you into poetry to begin with? Um, I've been writing since I was a really young child. Um, it was quite a coping mechanism for me as I was growing up. Mm -hmm. um, so I've always loved writing, but it was more stories when I was younger. Um, the poetry kind of came in, you know, when I was in my teenage years. I think it was just because it was quicker. But it, it's, a, it's effectively a short form story though, very often, is it? You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're focusing a tale in maybe, you know, up to about you know, 10 paragraphs for your average poem, I'm going to guess, instead of 10,000 words. So you, you've got to be really efficient with what you're saying definitely and as i say you know it, it did very much become a coping mechanism throughout my life so it was kind of like like you know writing a journal but through poetry and when you are writing i mean is it something that you will go back and read the same way as you might check on a journal to see how you felt 12 months ago is it almost diarized for you or is it something which is effectively scraps of paper in a book and if you want to you want to go back in your thoughts you'll just pour one out at random a bit of both, really. Um, it can be quite interesting to go back and, and read them, especially if I've, if I've wrote them in quite a dark time, when I go back and read them, you know, it can be quite reflective when you realise, you know, the journey that you've made reading back on stuff you've wrote when you've been in a dark a dark place. But I do, this, I do the scrapbooking thing as well, you know, like I just write it and sometimes just leave it. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the stuff that's in my book is unedited to some degree like you know I don't really mess with them once the poet once I've wrote it it's just it, it just exists because you know, I don't really it's all a it. moment and that's that's what you, what you what you've actually put down on paper yes definitely and then how do you think you uh, will approach this maybe when it comes to the, the next book because I'm sure you're thinking towards that already and is it something you feel you might be able to to write on request I mean are you ever going to be a greetings card poem writer I do. I have tried writing on request, and I can. Mm -hmm. um, I a lot of my poetry is quite dark, quite thoughtful. It, it you know, it's very centred around trauma. Mm -hmm. um, I have. I am working on you know some other projects, another book, but again, I kind of just let it flow because I find that my writing is best if I just let it flow rather than if I force something. So if someone wants me to write something for them. They give me the idea and then I kind of just have to see what comes out and I find out that, you know, my writing is best that way. Mm -hmm. So you, you kind of put yourself into the mind of the person who's requested it for, or for whatever purpose it's for and, and really sort of play acting in your head being that entity to allow you to tell the story. Yeah, I'm, I'm a very empathetic person. So, um, you know, if someone explains a situation to me that they've been through or they're going through, I can very much put myself in that person's mind, I suppose, and, and write as if I were them, yeah. So 
When you are performing poetry, though, that must be quite emotionally draining if you're looking back to some of these darker times. And uh, it, with, with hopefully an, an increased number of events you're able to go to going forward, because obviously your performance period was curtailed a little bit by COVID. So, you know, going back to that now, that must, again, uh, particularly if, you, if you're looking back to some of the times that we've had over the last two, two and a half years, then that is going to be, you know, as I say, traumatic in itself. I always find performing quite difficult anyway, because as I say, a lot of what, I've, what I write is very personal, mm-hmm. which I'm more than happy to share. Um, but sometimes you write it and you read it back and you know that obviously it touches you, but you're fine with it. Sometimes it's when you perform it that, you really get the emotions from it. So there have been there has been times when I have been known to get, you know, my emotions have shown when I've read when I've read something. But I think that is better because you know you want the people that are listening to you to feel what you felt when you wrote that piece anyway. And it, it is again poetry is one of those very expressive forms, as I say, because it is the essence of something condensed down into normally uh, a relatively few number of lines. Reading a poem out will not normally take more than two to three minutes at the absolute outside, but uh, it, it's a very special art form, isn't it? Yes, definitely. As I say, you know, because it's so short, you you want to engage your audience from the beginning to the end. Um, and it's, it's difficult, but I, I really enjoy the challenge of getting people to, um, what's the word, getting people to understand and be able to relate to what you're writing. Mm-hmm. So uh, if I was to say to you now, can you share a poem with us? Where do you think you would go with that? And what would you, what would you bring? Well, I'm, I'm quite happy to do that. I'd, I'd pick something from my book, maybe. Okay, so uh, are we going to go at random from a page number or have you got something you think you'd like to, to bring to us today? Um, shall I just flick it open and see where it lands on? I, li- I like the random nature of it. And then you can tell us a bit about it afterwards. Okay, that's fine. So it's um, it's landed on a piece called My Unconscious Desires. Mm -hmm. It's easy, repressing this side of me, most of the time anyway. There's a carnal desire buried in my unconscious, a desire for pleasure so profound that it would cause quite a stir should it surface. There's always that part of me, though, that keeps my unconscious desires locked in a cage like a hungry lion. That part of me is hidden away from eyes that see a deep, luscious, lecherous and lustful being that won't dissipate away from her most wanton desires. But the voice of truth, the saviour of my conscience, steps in, as it always does. The egocentric, self-centred and self-obsessed being just can't keep his nose out, too concerned with the societal rights of the world, the ID inside of me. It will do anything in its power to be set free from the boundaries of life that constrain me from the boundaries of life that constrain me. Just through those words there, we can sort of feel that there's a a lot going on. You're using your time in front of either a word processor or a computer or on paper, however it is you happen to record at the time. And and you're Mm -hmm. channeling that straight to the page, aren't you? Yes, definitely. My chosen platform to write is usually notes on my phone to begin with. Um, if I have a thought, you know, or I'm feeling low or down or really happy or anything, you know, um, it gets channeled, like channeled straight to 
my notes on my phone and then I'll I'll type it up at a later date. So my phone is absolutely full of pieces of poetry that I've not shared really yet. Like there's about 50 or 60 on there just from the last couple of months. So, so there's pretty much a novel or a novel size <laughs> poetry book in there as it stands. But equally, yeah. that gives you that chronological date order as well because you can tell when it was first recorded and you can then see who you are now compared to who you were then and how you're going to turn that idea into a poem. My book itself, actually, is written in chronological order. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an idea that I had be- way before I even started writing it. So um, my adventure in life kind of started as an adolescent. So, you know, it starts from then right way up till 2017, the year that I published it. And it's, you know, a chronological journal of the struggles that I've endured and faced in that time and you know when I bring out a second version of that it will be in the same format and it'll go again from 2017 to the current the current day. Well I'm sure that's going to be plenty of uh, emotion uh, happy times and a fair share of angst thrown in for good measure when this uh, book comes to fruition. For now, though, where can we get hold of the work that is out there from you at the minute? And, of course, write good missions too. Well, my book's available on Amazon, um, on paperback. Uh, It's called The Journey to Happiness. I'll just show you a picture of the cover. So this is what it looks like. Very nicely purple and uh, with some thought. Obviously, a lot of thought gone into that too. Um, And I I use Twitter a lot. I've got an author page on Twitter, at Battison Sarah, and I... You know, I, I write on there every day. I enter a lot of poetry into um, competitions and journals. I've got a few pieces printed with journals. If people want to check out any of that, they just need to type my name into Google with poet at the end and they'll come up. So Sarah Patterson, poet, is what we're looking for. And you can uh, explore your world through your poetry. But lovely mm-hmm. speaking to you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing Thank you for a, a few of your words. And we look forward to sharing that emotional journey with you with the next book, which I'm sure won't be too far away. Thank you very much. We are in the midst of British Heart Week, and research has shown that many of us don't understand the importance of cholesterol and the issues it can have and how we can try and manage it. Dr Sarah Jarvis is here to raise a bit of awareness. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Now, we often talk about many areas of health, and this is one where in a lot of cases we can have a direct impact on our own health by managing our cholesterol levels. There are things that are factors in there which which we don't have control over, like age, gender, family history, but there equally are things that we can do to mitigate the impact that cholesterol could have on our lives and and the the effect it can have on our hearts. Absolutely. So really worryingly, almost half of people in the UK have got cholesterol, which is above the national guidelines. And a new survey from Novartis has shown that while over half of Brits have spoken about their cholesterol with their GP, if they're over the age of 55, a huge number of people have not done anymore or don't understand perhaps what they could do. So for instance, there is good cholesterol, 
and there is bad cholesterol. So good cholesterol is called HDL. And basically those, those particles of cholesterol are very high in protein, they're very low in cholesterol. And they actually take cholesterol out of your system back to your liver to get it to, to allow your body to get rid of it. Whereas there's bad cholesterol, which gets laid down on the inside of your arteries. And that greatly increases your risk of heart attack and stroke. It furs up your arteries. And if one of those, those plaques, those deposits of cholesterol breaks open and clot forms on it, then it can completely clot, uh, completely block off one of your arteries. If one of those arteries supplies blood to your heart, that results in a heart attack. If it supplies blood to your brain, then that results in a stroke. But in the West Midlands area, lower than the national average, only one in 12 people knows what good cholesterol is. And even among those people who are at highest risk are the people who've already had a heart attack and stroke, only 8% weren't sure how to make changes to their cholesterol. But the, the good news is that only 8% weren't sure. But that does mean that one in 12 people had no idea, even if they've had a heart attack, how to make changes. I mean, so diet is an important factor here, but also is knowing your status too. And this is something which you can actually get checked from the age of 40 onwards every five years for free via the NHS. It absolutely is. So if you haven't had it checked within the last five years and you're not under the care of a doctor to get your cholesterol, if you are, then we don't recommend that you go and get an NHS health check. But if you haven't, and an awful lot of people, as you say, between the ages of 70, 40 and 74, haven't had their cholesterol checked in the last five years, then you can get a free NHS health check. Now, they did stop in some areas due to the pandemic, but they are starting up again now and your pharmacist should be able to advise you. So I would always recommend that, you know, knowledge is power. The first thing you want to do is to get your cholesterol checked if you've not had it checked in the last five years and you're in that age bracket. And this is a simple blood test. It's not like taking an armful. No, absolutely not. It can be done really simply and your pharmacist can advise on whether things are good, whether they'll also usually check your blood pressure and they can advise you if you need to follow it up with your doctor. But if you do need to make changes, there are lots of little tweaks that you can make. As you say, having a heart healthy diet. Now, we've moved a long way in recent years in knowing what is good. You do need to keep the saturated fats in your diet down, but a Mediterranean style diet where you're eating less processed food, less of those refined carbohydrates, the junk food and so on, lots of fruit and vegetables, substituting heart healthy oils. So perhaps olive oil, rapeseed oil instead of saturated fats. So cream, butter, the animal fats, that sort of thing. And of course, exercising regularly and getting your weight down if you're living with overweight or obesity. All of those things can greatly reduce your risk of heart disease and they can help you to manage your cholesterol. Yeah, and it, this is something we should be thinking about at all times. I say that slightly hypocritically here, as on the grounds I'm overweight at the moment, but it is yeah, something that we need to, to think about and plan for. And even if you don't have a problem now, you can avoid having a problem in the future. Precisely. And of course, if you are at very high risk, then your doctor can advise you whether in addition to diet and lifestyle, you need to take medication to lower your cholesterol can be really effective. But even if you're on medication, it's always in addition to diet and lifestyle changes. Yeah, you can't just keep, basically keep eating sponges to try and soak up cholesterol if you're just pouring it in on a regular basis. It, it just won't work. Exactly. So, you know, most actually of the cholesterol in our bodies is made, but it's made by our liver as a result of the food we eat, as a result of our weight and so on. So we really can make major changes that way.
And that's the thing. The body is just processing what we give it as, as building blocks. And if you're building cholesterol, then that's not going to help. And it will deposit itself in your arteries. And it's not just in the heart that this can be a problem, is it? It's absolutely not just in the heart that it can be a problem. You can have problems in the arteries in your legs, something called peripheral arterial disease. That's often an issue of people who smoke. And of course, stopping smoking doesn't directly affect your cholesterol, but it certainly reduces your risk of heart disease. But of course, it can also affect your brain, causing strokes. And indeed, the second most common form of dementia in the UK is something called multi-infarct dementia, where you have lots of little tiny, tiny, tiny clots in the very small arteries in your brain. And no one of them leads to the symptoms of a stroke, but actually add them all together. And unfortunately, they gradually add up and they affect your ability to process information and your memory and this is something you certainly shouldn't be putting your head in the sand to avoid if you feel because of your diet in the past you may have high cholesterol it's better to do something about it than just leave it untreated it really is unfortunately all too often i see people who have le left it and who you know don't see me regularly go don't go in and see any doctor regularly and then the next thing they know they've had a heart attack they've had a stroke they've ended up with a really really debilitating condition and believe me i've never had anybody who has said oh well it was worth it they've always said why didn't i know about it before why didn't i do something so we need to raise awareness and make a, a difference here. And this is all part of the British Health Week. And uh, you know, we, we, we've seen figures through from the British Heart Foundation as well, which back up all of these things. So this is you know, a, a large number of organisations who know what is best for us in this case, all getting together to really shout about what needs to be done. Absolutely. And if you want to find out more information, you can go onto Heart UK's website. They're the cholesterol charity. They're there to raise awareness of cholesterol and how you can do something about it. So find out what you need to know. And also it is looking at family history. And if you're not certain you're over that age of 40, get a cholesterol check and maybe talk about your parents. If, if hopefully you've got, if you've got the same GP as your parents had, they will have the records there to be able to understand. They may not be able to share them with you, but they can actually check. But you could also ask them, you know, if people in your family have had raised cholesterol, they'll often have told you about it. Or if somebody in your family has had a heart attack, particularly at a young age, that could mean that you are at higher risk of a heart attack or stroke. You may have something called inherited high cholesterol. It's called FH, familial hyperlipidemia. It's an inherited form of high cholesterol. And actually, if you've got that, then you're at higher risk of heart attack or stroke from an even earlier age. Now, about one in 500 people in the UK has got this, but probably nearly seven, six out of seven of those people have no idea. And of course, if you do know, then you can get treatment, which could hugely reduce your risks. Give us all those details again and where we can find out more. Go to Heart UK, just look online. And of course, nip to your GP. And if you're over 40, get a cholesterol check. And it's every five years. And if you've got some background information, it allows you to monitor it. So what may be high for you and then within your family, you can look at treating. You'll then also know whether it's going up to, which is the important thing to, to know there's a trend. It absolutely does. And of course, don't forget that it's not just your cholesterol. So what your pharmacist will do, and your pharmacist is often your first port of call for this, they'll often be able to offer you that cholesterol check uh -huh. if you've not had it in the last five years. They'll be able to factor in all sorts of other issues, such as your age, your blood pressure, your sex, your ethnicity, and so on, all of which will have an impact on your risk.
So yeah, let's talk to our pharmacies and see what we can do to get this checked out and make sure that we don't have health problems going forward. As ever, Dr. Sarah Jarvis, thank you for joining us. Thank you for your uh, your insight here. And we look forward to speaking to you in the not too distant future. Always a pleasure, Jason. Good to talk to you. Trey, Trey Cabra is back at the Hub at St. Mary's. Stage with Johnny joins me now to tell me more about what is happening. Hello, sir. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? All right. I'm good, and I trust uh, you're having a, a great time preparing yourself for yet another sort of slightly raunchy show. Only if it's a slightly raunchy. I don't know if there's too much. There's only so much raunchy that I can take. Um, so we're back on June 18th here at the, the Hub St Mary's, which is the building just behind me, um, doing all sorts of sacrilegious things into the what used to be the old church. But uh, all done in good spirit and everyone's consenting, which is what counts, and the audience absolutely love being part of it. Yeah, I think sometimes there's a perception that burlesque is kind of a bit ruder than it is. But it's mm-hmm. all very kind of tongue-in-cheek. It's almost like seaside, po- seaside postcard sauce, really, that kind of thing. And, and it's fun. That's the important bit. It's, it's a bit of a giggle. The audience get to participate as much as they want to. They can just be voyeurs at the back of the room or they can be part of the show if required. Absolutely. There has um, been more than one occasion where um, audience volunteers have been brought up on stage, but... Our performers are really good at kind of finding the people who are up for that. So if you're a person who just dreads the idea of being dragged up on stage, then they would never approach you and you would never be involved in anything you don't want to do. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a really fantastic show. And um, I think we could order with a little bit more saucy silliness in our lives nowadays. Yeah, it's a good giggle, a bit of fun. And you have some absolutely amazing performers that you bring from all over the country. Absolutely, yeah. So this lineup for June 18th, because the lineup is different every time. We've got uh, Rudy Javanji, who's an incredible uh, burlesque dancer. We've also got Cece Sinclair, who's going to be doing some tassel twirling and maybe some songs. Uh, we've also got Baby Daisy, who's also another incredible performer. And we have Fancy Chance, who I've been wanting to book for absolutely ages. And because she's so busy and internationally busy, it's been really difficult to get hold of her. But finally, she's arriving in Litchfield on June 18th. So that's going to be a, a treat for one and all. How does it work for tickets for this one? Because it, it's not a huge venue. It's the sort of place you're going to sell out, isn't it? Absolutely, yes. So our shows have been exceptionally popular. This is, I think, something like this is our second year. Um, so we've done around about 10 shows previously, and they're always really, really busy. But tickets are available from the Hubs website, which I think is just the Hubs at um, um, But there is a Trey Trey Cabaret Facebook page and an Instagram page. Uh, check out those, and there's links on there for tickets as well. Okay, because Trey Trey Cabaret isn't just a Litchfield brand. You are popping up in all sorts of places. Yeah, so I get approached to produce shows left, right and centre, really. So, um, But really, the hub of St Mary's is, is the Litchfield home of it, yeah. So, um, But I can be seen up and down the country on all sorts of stages. Yeah, I'm going to also be hosting the show and singing some ridiculous songs. And again, that, that's all part of the fun and the excitement. And it, it does, I mean, you, you are the uh, the consistency in this show that brings the, 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 the all the elements together. And uh, again, uh, you must have a bit of a giggle with some of the regular punters for definite. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really lovely to see some regular faces in the crowd, uh, but we always welcome some new ones as well. And yeah, it's, it's really nice for me to be able to curate a show um, because now that I know what the audience love, I can program the show to, to fit their needs and their desires, as it were. Um, but yeah, it's always really, uh, really silly, really lighthearted and um, yeah, with an added bit of sauce. And uh, there's obviously we've got this one coming up 18th of June and uh, there's there's more to come. Have you got dates for the rest of the year yet? Is that all part of the Facebook yes. page? Yes, so 
the one after that is in October. I think it's October 29th. That's going to be a bit more Halloween-y. And then we do have a Christmas show at some point in December, but I don't have the dates to hand at the moment. But if they like our Facebook page, follow us on Instagram, you'll uh, not miss out on any of that information. But uh, is, it, is, it, is it like a mailing list as well? Um, we don't have a mailing list, actually. So um, that's one thing I need to sort out. So it's probably best that they follow us on social media. Okay. And if I mailing list i will add those things to it do the full honor. and of course i mean we can't go without continuing to mention uh, your amazing stuff that you're doing online uh, with your stage door johnny branding and wow. uh, the the uh, the the wonderful multi-million clicks you're getting on so much of your content yeah it's a very different thing to my kind of cabaret world because i tend to post stuff about um, things around the english language but um yeah i amassed quite a following on tiktok uh, and now i think Instagram is slowly catching up, which has been brilliant and still baffles me to this day. Uh, hugely flattered by it all, slightly confused, but just riding the wave of it while I can. Well, search for Stage Door Johnny on Instagram, as you say, TikTok as well, and anywhere else you may have a order finding because he's all over Facebook too. But it, it is, I think, the reason why he's been very, very subdued about his work here. But it's amazingly well written, it's well delivered, and it's short, sharp, good comedy pieces that are well thought out surrounding the English language. And and even those of you who don't understand it very well, like me, can actually have a brilliant time having a giggle with this. It's well worth a look. So make sure you do check him out. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Because this is the thing I found with it is that it's it's people who kind of maybe struggle with language a little bit people who have english as an additional language have really connected with the content that i create because it's all about the absurdities of the english language and how none of it makes any sense it's not where you're going to go next and where you're constantly thinking of these things because when you when, when you see them you, you know do do the play on words because it is that you play with words uh it, it's 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 almost as if yeah, of course, but why you know how did you think of that one? Uh, but uh, you must spend hours racking your brain on this. Yeah, it does take a little bit of time to put them all together. But there are moments as well where people in the comment section often suggest stuff for me to do. So it's like it's comedy by crowdsourcing, which is brilliant. <laughs> oh, it's the delivery that counts as well, which makes all the difference. So look for Stage Door Johnny online, look for Trey Trey Cabaret, and look for an amazing night out, the next one being the 18th of June. Stage Door Johnny, thank you for joining us. Perfect. Absolute pleasure. Thanks again. Take care. Well, that's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining me back with episode 678 next week. I'll see you then. Throw up and out. Goodbye from the milk bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar. Yeah.